Biggest game of the season. Maybe their biggest game in 10 years. Sabres and Islanders, Tuesday night. Previewing it next. You're locked on Sabres. Your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for making us a part of your morning or afternoon, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sabres and Oilers for Monday night, Sabres and Islanders for Tuesday night. We'll talk about it all here coming up on the show. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us on the socials, I am at Sneaky Joe Sports. You can get the podcast account at Locked On Sabres. Or again, you could check us out on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, type in Locked on Sabres. It is the easiest way to get a hold of us uh, here on the show. And if you are looking for uh, if you're looking for uh, our latest episodes on Jordan Greenway or about the roster, we have a couple of videos up there for you. So be sure to check them out. A couple of short ones, a couple of long ones, whatever you're looking for, uh, whatever timeline you're looking for as well. A couple of comments actually from our YouTube channel before we get rolling here on the show. Uh, McDavid is the goat in hockey, period. This guy's the name, by the way, I can't read on the air here. Uh, folks can argue with me, but they lose. I am 60 years old and I've seen a lot of hockey. He is the absolute best I have ever seen. All right, I like this guy. A Gretzky guy, or a guy that's seen Wayne Gretzky that's willing to say that Connor McDavid is the greatest player of all time, because I have said it repeatedly, but I always have to couch it with, I never saw Gretzky play. I never saw Mario play. I never saw Bobby Orr play or, or Gordy Howe. Um, so incomplete information up here. I have the information. I just don't have the experience uh, watching those guys. McDavid's the greatest player I've ever seen. That's where we'll start today's show. It's a nice kickoff to today's show. We'll preview Sabres and Islanders coming up. Huge game that will take the second and third segment of our show today. A 3-2 to two loss to the Edmonton Oilers at home. Not a surprise. The Sabres do not win games at home when they're wearing blue and gold this season. It's just a fact. They will not win at home unless they're wearing red and black. They're 8-1. and one. They have eight wins at home this season wearing red and black, and I believe only five wins wearing blue and gold despite playing double more than double the games in blue and gold. It was a good effort. A good effort. And you know what? Had that game Monday night, 3-2 Oilers over the Sabres had taken place last season, we'd probably be pretty happy about that on Tuesday morning. We'd be feeling good. It would be, well, look at this. Look at the steps these young guys are taking and look at the, the how much they're competing with a, a good Oilers team and look at how they played against McDavid even. You know, didn't play that bad against McDavid. We would be taking a lot of moral victories away from that Edmonton loss on Monday night had they been further down in the standings or had it been last season. But this is a playoff race, and it is disappointing. It is disappointing to be that close and not come away with the win because then you start picking it apart and look at the little things like Craig Anderson. You know, the two goals he allowed to McDavid. One is banked off him from behind the net. The other is the five-hole um, from beneath. Then you have Cousins hitting posts and Middlestad coming close. And, ah, oh, right within your grasp, it was so close, but you weren't able to pull it through. The Sabres, by the way, in this game, I spoke to how evenly matched they were. The numbers reflect that. Shot attempts in this game, 55 for Edmonton at 5-on-5, five five, 49 
for Buffalo. Scoring chances were 31 for Edmonton, 29 for Buffalo. High danger chances, 13 for Edmonton, 10 for Buffalo. The expected goals, four percentage, 54.3% on Edmonton's side, 45.6% on the Sabre side. These were two very evenly matched teams. High event hockey, back and forth. There were over 35 shots on goal combined in the first period alone. It was up and down the ice, trading chances, and it could have very easily been 6-5 to five as opposed to 3-2. to two. The Sabres defended Connor McDavid well, in my opinion. And you might be thinking, Joe, how could you possibly say that? He scored two goals in the game, including the game winner in the third period. But other than those two chances, I felt like the Sabres did a great job If you give Connor McDavid two chances to score in an entire game, you've done a good job. He just happened to score on these two chances. And again, I kind of went through it. Anderson probably should have had both of them. Very easily, McDavid could have gone without a point in that game. I thought Rasmus Dahlin and Jacob Bryson, of all people, Jacob Bryson did a great job against McDavid in this game. Bryson sticking right with him. The second goal McDavid scores, it's a wrist shot flying down the wing at 100 miles per hour, and Bryson really does stay right with him. There's really nothing else you could ask Bryson to do there. Stay with McDavid, get your stick in his his space, and just hope for the best. That's all you can do against that guy, and Bryson did it. Darlene did a good job as well throughout the night. Um, They got beat twice, but I thought it was a good effort against Connor McDavid on the Sabres part. And in fact, if you look at some of the advanced numbers in this game, when McDavid was on the ice... The Sabres actually had an expected goals for percentage of 56.5%. That's really good. McDavid, his expected goals for in this game was actually fourth from the bottom on the Oilers. Only Matthias Janmark, Zach Hyman, and Ryan McLeod had lower totals. In fact, the guy that really dominated the Sabres uh, was Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl, when he was on the ice, it was it was a lot um, it was a lot more uh, possession for Edmonton, more scoring chances uh, and whatnot. But again, McDavid gets the two goals, and that's how dangerous he is. You can't even give him an inch, or he'll take a mile. So, all in all, good effort I thought by the Sabers. They get the goal from Dylan Cousins in the third period. He could have scored four in this game. Jeff Skinner scores before that, the first of the game for the Sabers. He ties a career high, sixty-three points. He's done that. This is the fifth time he's done that, I believe, and he's going to break his career high in points maybe as soon as tonight. Uh, so a goal by Skinner, Goathead of the night, my MVP of the game though goes to Casey Middlestat. I thought Middlestat was buzzing. He was everywhere. Tons of speed. I mentioned Dreisaitl was all over the Sabres in this game. There was one play where Dreisaitl was coming down on a two-on-one with Owen Power as the defenseman, and he was coming with, I think, DeHarnay as the other player, uh, or maybe it was Yamamoto. And Dreisaitl is roaring down the left side, and Casey Middlestat, out of nowhere, flying up the ice on the back check at at a million miles an hour. I want to almost say he was going faster than McDavid was on his goal. He roars back. He catches Dreisaitl by the time they hit the blue line, gets Dreisaitl turned around and forces a turnover that goes back into the neutral zone. That was just one off-puck play that he made. He had lots of chances. He had that one-timer coming down the, the slot that Cousins set him up on in the third period that I thought for sure was going to go in. He got robbed by Stuart Skinner. 
He had another scoring chance from the right wing coming up the ice with Cousins on the rush where Cousins passes it to him and it crosses body. He picks it up, toe drags it, and shoots it all in one motion for another good chance. Again, got robbed by Stuart Skinner. Middlestat was creating chances. He had good numbers on the night. Uh, an expected goals four percentage for Middlestat of, I believe it was 51%. I don't have that in front of me. I thought I had it. Um, but he was really good on the night. He gets an assist which means on Cousins' goal, that is 40 points on the season for Casey Middlestat. And he's on pace for 53, a, a step forward. He has not taken the giant leap like Thompson did or Darlene did, but another player that has taken a big step forward under Don Granato is Casey Middlestat. He has become a very reliable middle six winger and center, right? He's versatile. Uh, he's been playing with cousins on the wing as of late. And I really like those two together. There is lots of speed between those two and they were meshing tremendously against Edmonton. I thought for sure that line was going to, that line Hinnestroza cousins and uh, Middlestat was going to carry them through. Um, great job by Middlestat. He plays well on that line with cousins. I would keep him there. If it were me, I would not move him back to center when Alex Tuck gets healthy. I would leave Middlestad on the wing with Dylan Cousins. I think those two mesh really well together. 40 points. Good job on Middlestad developing this season. When we come back, a preview of Sabres and Islanders. That is ahead. The biggest game of the year thus far. We'll talk about it next here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. A little bit later on in today's show, we'll have my sneaky good bets of the night. And when I have my sneaky good bets, the odds that you'll get and where you can bet those bets is at FanDuel Sportsbook. You got to check out FanDuel. It's the perfect time. We're past the midway point of the NBA season. We're in the home stretch of the NHL regular season. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Then, then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drained. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. They pay out your bets super fast. I'm a cord cutter. Sometimes I'll get the bet at the exact the payout at the exact time I actually see the play or even right before it. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash Locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. The biggest game of the year. Sabres and Islanders. This game is massive in the standings. And if the Sabres were going to win one of these two back-to-backs here, Edmonton Monday night and the Islanders Tuesday night, it goes without saying the Islanders game is the one that you want. So looking at the standings today, they are four points back of the New York Islanders for a playoff spot. The Islanders currently occupy the number one spot in the wild card race, uh, 72 points in 65 games. Now by points percentage, They're behind Pittsburgh and just barely above Buffalo. Sabres are at 68 points in 62 games. So a win on Tuesday night, and the Sabres will pull to within two points of the Islanders and maintain three games in hand. If they lose, 
it's six points with three games in hand. And suddenly the math looks a little bit more challenging. You'd have to win all of your games in hand just to come into a tie with the Islanders, which is not where the Sabres want to be. They are ahead on regulation wins, 28 to 24, an advantage there for New York. So a big game in the standings, uh, nonetheless. Playoff implications in this game. The Sabres playoff odds with a win go up to 21%. They are currently at 14%. They would go up to 21 with a win. With a loss, they're down to nine. That is a big jump. There is 12 percentage points of playoff probability on the line in this game. That is huge by NHL standards in an 82-game season. So a lot on the line, of course, in this one. I don't know who the Sabres are going to be healthy scratching. Spoke with Don Granato on WGR on Tuesday morning, and Granato confirmed that Tyson Jost, who had been dealing with a nagging injury, is going to be back in the lineup on Tuesday night. But we do not know who his scratch would be. I have a prediction, and I have who I would sit. I'll start with who I would sit. I would sit Victor Olofsson. Victor Olofsson is not scoring goals. He is on a drought. And we know this is Olofsson, right? You could wait around and hope for the consistency to return. And it's not even consistency. It's wait for the goals to return. In fact, Olofsson has not scored a goal since January 26th. It has been over a month. He has gone 13 games without one. The last game was at Winnipeg. That is before the All-Star break is the last time that he scored. So I would sit Olofsson because when he's not scoring, he's not doing a whole hell of a lot for you. He's not playing well defensively. He's not going to be creating chances with playmaking plays in the offensive zone. He's not a puck carrier that could a transition player from defensive zone to offensive zone. He's just not doing much if he's not scoring goals. I would sit Victor Olofsson, who I believe Don Granato will sit. My guess is J.J. Paterka. Paterka, you know, that's defensible too. Like he's got one goal in his last 25 games or something like that. The reason why I think it's going to be Paterka As Monday night progressed, Jordan Greenway was bumped up to a different line, and Paterka was put down with uh, Kyle Oposo and Zemgus Gergensens. And I don't think that's the right line for Paterka. And double on top of that, when Tyson Jost returns, there's no morning skates. We don't know this officially, but I'd expect he's going to go right back with Gergensens and Oposo to where he was playing well before on a checking line, defensive line. So... If Jost goes back with Gergensen and Oposo, that leaves Paterka without a home. And I don't know where you plug him in. I don't know where you plug him in. I think Paterka is going to be the odd man out. Now, what was interesting was when I asked Granado about there being a rotation in terms of healthy scratches, he didn't really subscribe to that. He even kind of went against it a little bit and said, I'm not sure that that's the the case now. We did that earlier in the season, but now that we're in a playoff race, we have to prioritize winning. That's what Granado said. Prioritize winning over maybe development is what he means there. I think that could, if I'm reading between the lines a little bit here, I think that could mean JJ Paterka. Maybe he gets sent down. Maybe Hinostroza is the guy that goes down, but I, I would not expect it to be Henestroza. He was on the ice with a couple of minutes to play down one, playing important minutes. And he has been playing really well on that Cousins and uh, middle stat line. And if they don't want to break that up, Henestroza stays in the lineup. So 
my guess is Paterka out. We won't know officially, I'm guessing, until the uh, the pregame skate. The Islanders lineup, by the way, there's just not a lot to write home here. I, it's such a boring team. I hope they don't make the playoffs, not even just because of the Sabres, but I imagine hockey fans are rooting against the Islanders to make it. The Sabres might lose to Boston or Carolina, but they're at least fun playing up and down the ice, lots of scoring. The Islanders, they just drag you into these boring games, physical and defensive and blocking shots, and there's not really a lot of excitement in their lineup. I mean, their line two for this game against the Sabres features Brock Nelson, Zach Parise, and Kyle Palmieri. Ugh, I mean, come on. Not a lot of excitement. They're built from the net out. They're only this good because Ilya Sorokin is their goaltender. Um, I'm rooting against the Islanders for many reasons. Not just because you want the Sabres to make it, but um, just not a fun watch. Not a fun watch. Hudson fashing in their lineup, by the way, in this game tonight. Uh, when we come back, sneaky good bets. My three bets of the night are ahead here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase, and we are presented by Athletic Greens. It is how I start my day every day. It's super simple, two different ways to do it. You could do the drops, little, uh, little, um, little, uh, what do you call the little, the dropper, the dropper. One drop in your coffee or your water, super easy to get all your vitamins and minerals, or you could do the shakes. Those are the most popular because they taste good. I love the shakes. I wake up really early in the morning, so sometimes I'll have my shake actually after I get home uh, from doing the morning show on WGR. But you could do it when you start your day every morning if you got more time than I do, uh, someone that's getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Special blend of ingredients. It supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's lifestyle-friendly, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It works for everybody. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up with a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 per day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And for on-the-go, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Jody Biasi back on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Okay, time for Sneaky Good Bets, my favorite segment of every preview show, uh, previewing Sabres and Islanders for Tuesday night. And we start with the money line. The Sabres on the money line at plus 140 is where I'm going to go with this one. The Islanders, I just... I don't think they have it in them. They're rusty coming off five days of rest here. Uh, they've not played in a few days. I, I think the Sabres on the money line fired up for this game. They are young. They are energetic. They are capable of playing on these back-to-back. The expectations of in net capable of giving them a game. So I'm going Sabres on the money line at plus 140. It comes down to, for me, I really think the Sabres are just a more talented team. Sure, they could get gold. Ilias Thorokin is the threat here, but I'm getting plus odds. I'm betting 100 to win 140 uh, is uh, obviously what you would go for there on the plus 140 
uh, or what the odds mean there for someone that's not familiar with betting. Uh, Sabres on the money line, plus 140. That is my first bet of the night. Sneaky good bet number two. Casey Middlestat over half a point. At plus 136, if you were to bet 100, you'd win 136. Middlestat has been playing great. I mentioned he was buzzing against the Edmonton Oilers on Monday night. He was creating chances. He was getting chances of his own. He has a three-game point streak going. A goal against Boston, an assist against both Tampa Bay and Edmonton. In fact, if you look back all the way to February 11th, that is the last 11 games, Casey Middlestat has 10 points. 10 points in his last 11 for Middlestat. He's playing great. You're getting plus odds to do it. He's playing on line two with Dylan Cousins and Vinny Hinostroza. I would expect that remains the same. I go Casey Middlestat over half a point uh, against the Islanders at plus 136. My third sneaky good bet, Sabres, Islanders over six and a half goals. Finn, you don't like that one? You don't want to, you don't like that one? No? Okay. Uh, over six and a half goals at plus 104 is what I'm going for here. The money is on the under, surprisingly, in this game. That is very rare. I'm going to bet against the, the the public here. I'm going to go with the books. I'm going to go for the over. And, of course, the Sabres can play a run-and-gun style. Uh, last night, over-under was seven. You know, Islanders are not as high-scoring a team, obviously, as the Edmonton Oilers are. Um but I think the Sabres can drag the Islanders into a high-scoring affair back and forth. So I'm going to go Sabres and Islanders over 6.5. Everyone seems to be expecting it's going to be on the under, which means I'm going the over. Fade the public, baby. Let's go. All right. That's going to do it for me here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Enjoy the game between the Sabres and the Islanders, uh, and we will talk to you on Wednesday to recap it here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. And thanks for making us your first listen every day now. So you're done with us. Go make your second listen. Locked on game to game. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Locked On Game to Game on the Locked On NHL channel, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.